You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. In a world filled with cigars, craft beer, comics, movies, and video games, only two men are brave enough to search out all things nerdy. It's the Cigar Nerds Podcast! And welcome to Cigar Nerd Podcast. I'm your host, Smokin' Joe. I'm Brad Jackson. So, we got some action for you, and we got a, or I've got a, uh, kind of an action cigar to go with it. I got an action cigar, too, in the form of a uh, vaping apparatus. <laughs> Someone didn't make it to pick up a cigar. But I'm smoking the Kill Bill series, KB Part 4, by La Palina Cigars. I haven't smoked too many La Palinas, but the few I've had, I've enjoyed. Yeah, this one is a, says is a full strength um, with a Honduras uh, Nicaraguan filler, Honduran, Hon- Honduras slash Nicaraguan fillers, <laughs> with Honduran Corojo 99 wrapper. And I gotta say, the artwork on the band is kind of cool, because it, it's... Almost comic booky, and I mean, there's blood splatter on it, and it says, you know, KB, uh, part four, and basically it's there's, that's the sizes of each, so they're all the same, but there's a part one, two, three, and four, you know, kind of based on the, uh, the uh, vitola, the size. So, I'm smoking the, the part four because that was the the biggest one they had. <laughs> and. Which is about a, I'd say, 6 by 54 So what? not my usual 660s, but this is as uh, best I could do. <laughs> I mean, which, then again, I mean, I, I'm good with the 54, you know? I it, The 60 has its place, but, you know, uh, I mean, realistically, I look at that, and I would have said it was a 660. Just, you know, sitting across the table from you. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, hell, we smoke... I smoke so much of those the biggest Diablos, that 770 bastard. That at this point, a 660 feels a little small in my hand. <laughs> so, what kind of tasting notes you getting out of that? Oh, see, this is the bad part when like you uh, uh, don't bring a cigar to the table because I'm horrible at uh, giving you know tasting notes and whatnot. Because I'm like, I don't have the refined. I'm like, you know, I just. Just uh, I taste good. Blue Jolly Rancher out of mine. <laughs> uh, yeah, this has got more of a. It's like a, a little bit of spicy pepper, kind of a sweetness. I mean, it's like it's not. Uh, they said it's full strength, but yeah, that I guess is uh. But I'm, I'm wondering, you know, uh, that being a um, Honduran and Nicaraguan blend, if. You know, it, it's going to kind of have that one, too, you know, touch of, you know, s- sweeter, you know, creaminess with, you know, a little bit of that white pepper, you know, peeking through from the uh, the Nicaraguan tobaccos. But, um, yeah, definitely, definitely picking up a little pepper, uh, but not a whole lot of strength yet, at least not from from my uh I mean, you know, we are three minutes into your cigar smoking endeavor, so. Yes, yeah, so this one might have a be a, a slow burn and uh, sneak up on us. <laughs> All right. So that's why you're here, because you're the one that's like, 
hmm, my palate tastes this, this, and this. And I'm just like, hmm, dumb man likes smoke. <laughs> <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. Like... I was like, it's a good or it's not good. Like I said, I'm not the. Uh, I mean, it, I'm not the sommelier. I, you know, it's I can't almost taste my wine. And back say, in the days, oh, we were yes, doing beer reviews and be like, "Yes, this is drinkable beer." No, that is not drinkable beer. <laughs> I don't need something. to go on a you know ten minute diatribe. You know, talking. <laughs> you know, all the ingredients of said beer. Just hey, like I say when you when you just you know break down a flavor profile, then I'm like, oh yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but it's like. Just in my brain, it's like, all I'm doing is manipulating you. I'm, I'm just <laughs> putting ideas. Yes. <laughs> this this tastes like sweet cream. Yeah, yeah, I taste sweet cream now. <laughs> I mean, we literally did that, you know, to an entire panel room with you know some two dollar no name cigars, <laughs> and literally we had people convinced that that was the greatest cigar they had ever smoked. You know, it just it was a great like experiment. Uh, but this week, to go with our action cigar, we're talking about a, a little action film that came out uh, kind of last year. And I think it got, it's one of those, I think it's, it's starting to get a cult following, but it kind of got overlooked when it came out because it came out kind of in the middle of theaters being shut down. And, and so, like, I missed it when it was out, but now that it's on streaming, I was like, this fucking movie is awesome. And that's, we're talking about Nobody. That's the name of the movie. <laughs> nobody. <laughs> Literally nobody has watched it. Yeah, and if you got to take on the Russian mafia, you should call them the Strike Force. Strikeforceenergy.com. Use your promo code Cigar Nerds for 20% off your order. Comes in little tiny tin pouches, so if you need to like flee or set up some booby traps, it's not going to weigh you down. <laughs> I like it. So with that, without further ado, we'll be right back. Talk about nobody. Nobody. But is he wants a nobody? To be somebody. He's, I feel like there's a Marilyn kind of Manson a, song there. It's kind of a. Uh, that was the other movie. John Wick had the Marilyn Manson songs. I'm just saying, Marilyn Manson songs got a. Yeah. You know, I think the name of the song is Nobodies. <laughs> Plural. Oh, there, was, there was definitely way more than uh, than uh, no bodies. There was a lot of bodies in this. <laughs> oh, there, there definitely was, but you know. I, I I love the the whole downplay of the role of an auditor. <laughs> oh, I'm just you know the book guy. Yeah, uh, I didn't do anything exciting. <laughs> I have no special skills. I'm just kind of reminded me of that Ben Affleck movie, The Accountant, where it's like I'm I'm just the math guy, and then I I'm going to kill a lot of people. 
Yeah, math makes my brain hurt too, so I'd probably kill make over. other people hurt. Too. <laughs> and if, and we'll probably get into the specifics of it, but I definitely got straight up John Wick vibes off of this. Like even like the the plot of Russians being the bad guys. Uh, I'm like, this looks and for good reason because it was written by Derek uh, Kolstad, which is the writer of the first three John Wick movies. <laughs> so if you see some similarities between uh, nobody and John Wick, it's like, yeah, same writer. <laughs> I mean, the, yeah, there were definitely some similarities. At the same time, like, I mean, this was all around a cool action film. You know, I I I like how they divided things up. You know, where there was sort of the lulls in between of you know just dealing with everyday life and getting caught in the you know monotony of never breaking routine <laughs> and till it's time to break said routine yeah i mean i i dude i felt that of like you know the boredom that because before you even gets into who this guy is it's like the movie starts with this like thing is like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and it's literally like shows him doing like the same <laughs> fucking thing every single day, and I'm like oh, missing dude. trash day, I you know <laughs> yeah, it's like even like the the breakfast you know breakfast in the morning, his wife says the same thing to him like every single day, and it's like I was like dude, I feel that for someone who's like had to work at home for the last like year and a half, and it's like I it's the same thing every day. I wake yes. up, I go to the shed, I sit at the shed at five o'clock, I go back home. Sometimes I go to the gym. Sometimes I go to the cigar shop. Well, I go to the cigar shop a lot, but it's like, I was like, Oh, this, yeah, this from coming from someone who's like used to like, uh, like working in law enforcement where no day is the same. It's like, you're like constant, I guess like constant, like adrenaline drip, even when you're not doing anything, it's like, there's shit going on. It, yes. It's not like you're not sitting at a desk for eight hours doing the same thing all day, every day. And it's like, oh man, I, I feel this guy's pain. <laughs> I was like, oh, the monotony. For some reason, like that, that totally gave me, um, <laughs> oh shit. The, uh, the zombie movie, but it was kind of like a comedy. Um, the, the, the fuck the, um, Shaun of the Dead. Oh, Shaun of the Dead, yes. Like, the kind of the beginning of yes. like, Shaun I, of the I, Dead. I was getting, you know, those type of vibes, and that was totally <laughs> on my brain until it was time for me to say so. <laughs> that's okay. I was. I thought you were talking about Zombieland. I was like, but yeah, now, I'm, oh yeah, that's totally how kind of Shaun of the Dead starts, too, with someone who's in a total rut until the world kind of goes to shit. <laughs> I will prevail, or I will survive, or, you know, something. <laughs> Uh, and I like the casting of this too, because this could have quite easily been another like Bruce Willis or <laughs> Sylvester Stallone, like just stupid action movie. But casting uh, the uh, oh, shit, uh, the fuck, Bob Odenkirk as Hutch Mansell, who is the uh, the uh, Mister Nobody. Uh, yeah, because he does not look like your typical. Yeah, star. I mean, he's not jacked and, you know, just begging for attention. It's, you know. And what's funny is because he's, I mean, you when you first see him, you think he's just like a pussy family man. Like works, he's works as a kind of an accountant at his father-in-law's company. 
and very like, you know, goes on his daily runs, but you don't see this guy as a badass until it's time to do badass shit. But if you look at like real, you know, spoiler alert, his background is some kind of special forces and assassin and whatnot. But yeah, like I said, he doesn't look like your typical action star, but if you look at the guys that actually do that type of work, they don't look like action stars either. Like, oh yeah, absolutely. Like, you look like, up, uh, whatever, uh, my, our favorite, uh, Jack Carr, he's like not a huge dude, but yeah, total badass guy in real life. But he's like, he's that he's fit, but he's not like roided up giant motherfucker. Like typical action stars are even like hell. Evan Hafer from black coffee, black river coffee's green beret. It's like, those like special forces guys with some exceptions tend to be like, you know, not, giant fucking dudes because you got to be able you know i guess mobility be is better than yeah. <laughs> mobility and endurance is uh better than just brute strength <laughs> something about you know slow is smooth but smooth is fast uh i'm slow but i'm not dude you're the you're the tank okay <laughs> like that's it like <laughs> i don't fly i'm i'm the i'm the uh the tank you're like, ah, they have me surrounded. All right, I got these guys beating up on me. Take them out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, but Bob Odenkirk, I mean, he, you know, usually a more comedy guy. I mean, he's he's got serious in the last couple of years with, you know, Breaking Bad and some other stuff. But, yeah, him is, like, as this... I mean, which he played both roles yes. exceptionally well. Like... I mean, he absolutely passed as, yep, I hate my mundane life. Yeah, you like, know? Him, like his wife, his kids don't respect him. His wife is like, you know, kind of hates him. Uh, you know, he's like, you know, she, ha- she has like a pillow well, fort a, like built between them. I mean, there's like that complacency, right? Like you've been in relationships for many years and, you know, it's like, you know, without something to break up that routine and that you know comfort that you find yourself in it's like we got to get out of this rut you you know (laughs) rediscover ourselves what you know we enjoyed and everything else and for him that's uh apparently he just needs an invitation from many many russians (laughs) uh yeah so his uh routine continues on and i say i rewatched it again this morning I didn't realize that the father-in-law was Michael Ironsides. He is looking rough. <laughs> I did not realize that either. Yeah, like the the father-in-law who owns the uh, yeah the, the, the metal shop or whatever. Yeah, he. Uh, oh yeah, check it out. There's like a face with X's over the eyes on the inside of the label. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Uh, but yeah, the uh, yeah Michael Ironsides is not. Uh, does not look like he did in a, uh, uh, fuck any eighties movie he was in. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm the, like, oh yeah, that was forty years ago. He, yeah, he he, he does look like a grandpa now. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's that's three decades. <laughs> like it used to be the eighties. Oh, that's ten years ago. No, ten. That's now turned into thirty. I mean, he was like, you know, I still think Michael Ironsides, and yeah, I think. Uh, uh, Starship Troopers, <laughs> not uh, the grandpa from uh, Nobody. I was like, did not recognize him at all. Oh, but yeah, his 
routine monotony gets broken up when a couple of bumbling burglars break into his house. And, you know, he wakes up and go, go, gra- typical uh, suburban dad, you know, grab my my uh, golf club to defend myself. And then, you know, they get to jump on him and they're like, where's all your cash? He's like, uh, there's a bowl of like ones on the table that, <laughs> for the kid's lunch. Well, I mean, I thought it was kind of interesting because, you know, it's the... The son, and I'm assuming he's in wrestling or, you know, something, because he does, you know, a pretty good takedown, you yeah. know, on one of the burglars. And then, you know, you see the dad have the drop on, you know, the female burglar, and, you know, he's just like, take everything in the bowl and, you know, have a nice day. Yeah, tell and the it's son like, to let the guy go. and You know, and, and everybody's looking at that, and even I'm, I'm thinking... The fuck is wrong with you? Like, <laughs> and you you see like the because uh, there's been no kind of foreshadowing on on what he actually does, uh, and when he comes around the corner with the golf club, when when they have the kid down, it's like you you see it start to bubble to the surface, and he's like, no, I'm I'm gonna ease back and tell the them to to let the kid go. But then again, you know, she had the gun on them. If he had whacked her with the golf club, it quite possibly could have gun could have gone off. But then later on, he's like, like the first time you kind of get a sense of like this guy's not uh, what he is is like after he goes to work the next day and uh, somebody, his brother, like radios him with like a secret radio that's in his office, and he's like, "Well, tell me about it." Hamhorn radio. Yeah. Me 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 me. <laughs> He's like, well, tell me about it. And he's like, ah, they were nervous. Like, and starts rattling off all these details. Like, you know, Old Smith's Muzzin 38, tape on the grip. Hadn't been shot in a long time. Uh, it wasn't loaded. And it wasn't loaded. Like, he had noticed, like, all these things. And it's like... This know, dude's got a, you know, a set of skills. Yeah, because, you know, t- typically someone who's you know, getting robbed in the middle of the night, that adrenaline's going to go through the roof. And they're not going to be calm and collected enough to, like, rattle off all those descriptions. And you see him, like, kind of scribbling the tattoo that he saw on the wrist you know so he's like you know even developing clues even though he's trying to still like no i'm gonna be the gonna be the the dad this is the this is the role i chose i'm I'm not gonna you know go kill everyone yet <laughs> and then but even then like you know it doesn't really there's nothing there to indicate yeah he he rattles off the details but it's not like Hey, I am fully equipped to, you know, enact immense violence upon you. You know, like there's so Well then before that they get his like douchebag brother comes in there and he's like, you know, pulls a gun on him and he's like, Here man, take this and pr- make sure you protect my sister and he's like, I don't want it. He's like, Doesn't matter what you want, like, you know, you need it and he like and like for a second there, you know, he actually like goes from just like, Oh, I'm holding a gun, I don't want to do to like actually gripping the gun and like like, I could just shoot this motherfucker right now, <laughs> and then you know hides it in the in the uh, office freezer. <laughs> I mean, that's brilliant. <laughs> we all have shit in our freezers that haven't been touched for months, possibly years. You need like, your shower. You need your eat. You know, everyday carry gun. You need your shower gun, and you need your freezer gun, <laughs> and your office shotgun. <laughs> Lots of shotguns, which we'll get into later. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then he goes to see his his father, who's played by uh, Christopher Lloyd, 
aka Doc Brown, who's apparently a retired FBI agent. And I, I like his character too because he he starts. To, oh yeah, know, absolutely. Because you you know once again this is another one of those. It's like you think he's just kind of a dawdling old man, but then you know, later on it turns out oh no he's a badass. <laughs> well, and, and and his character, you know, like just in his conversations, like. This is where you first get, you know, your little bit of, you know, foreshadowing, you know. Yeah, because he said, while they're, they're, you know, eating dinner and watching, like, cowboy films, he's like, he's like, do you even remember who you are? Because I do. And it's like, okay, that's a kind of an odd, odd statement. And then he, you know, goes home because he's like, yeah, and, you know, it's like, oh, I'm just going to, you know, go back. And that's the other thing, too, because, like, later on you find out that his wife knew what he did before they got married or whatnot. So if she married like total badass action dude, and then he turns into this meek, mild mannered, uh, guy, no wonder she's kind of like getting bored with him. Cause well, like, at the same like, time, I married Rambo and now I'm like, you know, living with, uh, you know, fucking, but I, I think know, that's by design though. Nerd guy here, <laughs> you know, because it's, Hey, you know, we're going to start, you know, our suburban life, have our two kids and you know you can't be fucking rambo and trying to raise a family and be like huh the russian mafia is after me but the baby's crying like uh, yeah you know you gotta <laughs> and everyone too like just giving him so much shit about like yeah everyone else around what him he was like, didn't do yeah you wish a motherfucker would you know his his kids like you could have took him dad he's like no that wasn't safe and even the cops are like so they broke into your house with a pizza box huh yeah Good thing that, yeah, if this was my family, this would have ended a lot different. And then his, like, neighbor who's got, like, a badass, like, old charger, and he's like, he's like, oh, yeah, I wish they could have, they would have chose my house. I need to exercise. And he's like, check out my cool hot rod I, I inherited from my dad. It goes zero to 60, and I'm about to fucking find out. <laughs> uh, that was another great line. Like, you know, I've always heard that about, you know, buy the car that scares you. Otherwise, you're going to be bored. <laughs> Oh yeah, but through the whole thing, it's like, it's like, it's kind of the thing too. Is like, be be afraid of the quiet man in the room because every, everyone around him is like, oh, this guy's just a pussy. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh no, he's the most violent of us all. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, when he gets home and his daughter's like, I can't find my my kitty cat bracelet. It was in that bowl, and that's that was like, I'm not sure that's like enough to justify like you know the rampage that came after that, but. He I was mean, looking for an excuse. Okay. <laughs> We've already established it was the same writers that did John Wick. John Wick is all about a man that lost his dog. Nobody is all about a guy trying to locate his daughter's kitty cat bracelet. Oh, <laughs> uh, Yeah. But it's like, at the same time, I'm like, no, this has been bubbling for like a day and a half at this point. Like, he's looking for an excuse to break bad. He's like... Those motherfuckers took my daughter. My son's kind of an asshole. I don't mind they punched my son. But they took my daughter's kitty cat bracelet. <laughs> and just freaking, like, leaves. He goes back to Dad's house and, like, steals his uh, his uh, emergency cash and his uh, FBI badge. And he walks in. He's like, what are you doing? He's like, I got something I got to do, Dad. And the old man is not even question. He's like, well, I guess you better get to doing it then. <laughs> yeah. Old man's like, oh, yeah. He's, he's about to whip out them skills. And I, I love when he he's you know basically running an investigation. He's going like from tattoo to shop to tattoo shop, uh, you know, flashing the the old badge, pretending to be a cop, you know, and trying to find 
the person whose tattoo he saw it. And he finally walks into like the shadiest one and, you know, pulls out the badge and like, there's like a, the guy that you know, there's like an old, uh, like desert storm, like vet, you know, there. And he's like, that badge is expired for about 20 years. And the tattoo guy pulls out some brass knuckles and he's like, yeah, I don't think that's you on the picture either. So, like, so what do you want? And like the other dudes in the tattoo shop, you know, starts pulling out bats and shit. And then he's like, pulls out his wad of cash. He's like, I'm just a guy trying to find somebody. And he's like, well, then you probably shouldn't be waving that cash around. He's like, really? There's three types of people that will wave cash around. People that don't know any better. People who are trying to intimidate. And people like me that really wished a motherfucker would try to take it. And at that point, the vet sees like a tattoo on his wrist that says like, it's like seven deuce offsuit. And apparently that's supposed to mean some kind of military uh, unit or whatnot. But that vet guy all of a sudden gets scared. And he's like, uh, uh, I gotta go. <laughs> Thank you for your service. And he's like, you too, old timer. And the guy like goes into the back, locks like every single lock on the door. And like, and like the tattoo guy's like, uh, you just scared the fuck out of him. Uh, who the hell are you? Uh, what can we do for you, sir? <laughs> they're like, start putting their, they're like, if you know, grumpy old vet that hangs out here, uh, that, that we think's a badass is like scared of this guy. Uh, we, we probably should be scared of this guy. <laughs> Yeah, when he tracks down the people that robbed him, turns out it's just a couple with a child they're trying to get uh, money for like medical expenses. So he's like, "All right, I understand it. You're not the hardened criminals I thought you were, and also apparently you don't have my daughter's bracelet. Or, so I'm just gonna take my my watch back that you stole and leave you to your business." But then he's like, he's gotten so jacked up where it's like, "I was." I was just waiting for the, for the, you know, violence, and I didn't get the violence, and he's just kind of like got, you know, tactical blue balls, because he didn't get to kick anybody's <laughs> ass. <laughs> and then, as luck would have it, a bunch of drunk Russians, uh, uh, crashed their car in front of the bus he's, he's on, and I like that, like, the voiceover in his head is like, they say when a window closes, God opens a door, and the drunk Russians are trying to get on the bus, he's like, Please, please open that door. <laughs> the bus driver lets them on, and they're all just like drunk and disorderly. It's because that grin, like, ah, finally gonna get to kick somebody's ass. <laughs> Lots of asses. <laughs> and this, like, you know, really the first uh, action sequence we sequence we get of the movie with. When you find, like, you know, all right, is he a, just a mild-mannered dad or with some anger issues, or is this so, a man with some actual skills? We've got to talk poker for a minute. Okay. So apparently the, you know, two of diamonds means that you don't make a mistake. The seven of spades, and, you know, statistically speaking in poker. Yeah, we all know it's like the worst, worst hand, hand in, in poker. But, you know, the seven represents... To be a certainty of truth. So it represents he knows he has a bad hand, but he knows what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, I was looking at that, trying to see if that was like an actual related to some kind of actual military unit. Like I said, I, I've, I found what you, you just read there, but I didn't couldn't find I think it's something they made up before the movie because I couldn't find any like actual military unit that uses that as their 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 symbol, at least that, yeah. 
what my five minutes of Googling uh, could find. Yeah, no, I, I think it was just something that... But yeah. I wonder how many people now are going to have... Uh... <laughs> Seven deuce tattoos. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I got the dead man's hand, but yeah, I don't have a seven deuce tattoo yet. But then again, maybe that's a warning, you know, for other people to be like, this dude's about to deal you a hand that you can't win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, but that fight scene in the bus was just, and it wasn't even like fancy. Like it wasn't like John Wick where, you know, it was all, it, it was a lot more brutal. I mean, it was like, you know, and kind of like the first half of the fight, he's getting about as damaged as, as much damage as he's putting out, he's receiving. So it's like, this is a guy who's like, uh, rusty. <laughs> so like, it was, he gets stabbed and, you know, he, he does a fairly good job of holding his own until they throw him through a window. And then he just, he just gets up and, uh, he's like, I'm going to go back on the bus. Just, uh, <laughs> don't call the cops yet. <laughs> and when he crawls back on the bus, he's like, all right, that was round one. I've I've got the dust knocked off now, and then he goes in and fucks them all up on the second half of that fight. Dude, that was probably one of the longest and coolest drawn out fights, and I love the fact too that you know Bob Odenkirk did most of his stunts in you know this movie and everything, and you know. I like the realism aspect of yeah, you know like it's said, not it... like oh I've got superpowers I'm gonna no nah, dude he legit got his ass beat but he ended know... up taking out what six dudes yes. eventually and like I said it was kind of like a slow start he's like all right I gotta get the, get the rust off get uh yeah get get my head back in the game beforehand yeah then like yeah after he gets back on the bus for round two it's you know kind of like Rocky says it's not how hard you uh, hit it's how hard you get hit and can get back up. <laughs> And just like and he breaks the one dude's neck, and then like gives him a emergency tracheotomy to to you know keep him alive, and this <laughs> and then just like you know wanders off into the sunset, and then you get uh, like that next day he's like you know all like cocky and shit, and like yeah I'm gonna make some bacon tacos for breakfast, going you know slap my wife's ass or whatever. <laughs> he's like he's like now that he's re- released the violence and kind of gone back to a little bit more of a his uh, a, a kind of original... I mean, that's... Life. He's like... Oh, you know, he's like... This is just like the... How happy he is the next day after this. <laughs> I mean, there's there's only one thing you can do. I mean, you know, after extreme violence, you know, is, you know, extreme sex and, you know, extreme <laughs> amounts of bacon, you know? <laughs> yeah. Just come home and, like, his wife, he's like, wife's like, where'd you go? And he's like, just all beat to shit. And he's like, I've had a hell of a day. <laughs> and she's just like, all right, let me patch you up. And he's like... That's for him you like find out that his wife actually knew what he did and stuff like that. So he's like, while she's patching him up, she's like, ah, he's like, ah, just like the old days, huh? <laughs> so it's like I knew the kids probably had no idea who he was, but uh... well, and I like this, Dad. What happened? Uh, you should see the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> and good takedown, kid. You had my back. I'm proud of you. Yeah. He's like, okay, what's <laughs> what the hell's going on here? Uh, he's like, oh, I'll make a lasagna Dad tonight. got his balls back. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But yeah, then you get to introduce to to uh, Yulen, uh, who's like the local Russian mafia guy who apparently is in charge of uh, 
the Russian mafia has a 401k that is like, yeah, they're kind of like their savings, retirement savings for the mafia. And it's like floating around like the different, different gangs have to guard it for, I guess, a certain amount of time. And he's like the weirdest Russian mafia guy. Cause he's like, I'm flashy. I'm going to have a nightclub and I'm going to sing and be the star at my nightclub while I'm also a Russian mafia guy. But then like, you know, the Russian mafia guy's like, you know, are you sure you can handle this job? Cause you're all flashy and, and you know, singing and stuff. And he's like, no, no, I got this. Just the one guy that mean monked him, he breaks his martini glass and like stabs him up, rips his face up and snaps his neck in the middle of the club. And everyone's just like, we saw nothing. <laughs> he's like, are you, are you convinced now that I can handle this job? <laughs> he's like, yeah, but what did he do? <laughs> do you know who that was? He's like, no, enlighten me. <laughs> I like what, and when he go, he gets the call that, you know, because apparently the one kid that got his neck snapped and uh, who's apparently paralyzed and on a like a respirator is uh, his brother. So he goes to the hospital and like after he sees his brother and they're like him and his like right hand man are going to see the other uh, minions that are all, that all got the shit beat out of him and he just like just randomly grabs like a chair uh, from the lobby and then as soon as he walks in the room, the one guy's like, hey, boss, and he just like throws the chair at him. <laughs> It's <laughs> like that's fucking. That's the way you get somebody's attention. You just walk in a room and throw a fucking chair. I mean, you already got your ass beat. You, you know, you're <laughs> sulking your wounds, and you know, here comes the boss. You know, to beat that ass some more with a fucking chair. Like, boss, I don't want to make you more angry, but uh, I mean, it was one dude. <laughs> right, well, somebody find him, and apparently he dropped his his fucking bus pass. <laughs> Oh, I like after that he's like has his like high hacker chick like find out every can on this dude for me, and she's like ah he's like his dad's in an old folks home this guy's just like a mild mannered dude works at a whatever company he shouldn't be that much of a problem and she's like if you can't tell a wolf in sheep's clothing like what yeah you know, what do I need you for she's like all right fine let me dig deeper I know a guy at the Pentagon and like <laughs> one blackmail package coming up <laughs> yeah so the guy's like. You know, tries to look up the file, and it's, like, access denied, so he has to go to the basement. And he finds this file that's just, like... Redacted. Like Redacted. Every, it's got, like, pictures of him and nobody. And then, like, he sends her, like, all these, like, pictures of stuff he's done. <laughs> and she just, like, walks in and, like, throws the file at the boss. She's like, uh, you don't have to pay me. I'm leaving. This one's on you. <laughs> Y'all have offended the devil. <laughs> and I don't want no part of this. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> Wolf in sheep's clothing has awakened. Because from here, the, it gets pretty fucking intense. Yeah, I mean, it's like... I mean, that's the thing. is like, once once this movie picks up, like, the foot doesn't come off the gas. No. And you really get no kind of explanation of his skills until that, uh, after the Russians come to his house for the first time. So he sends, like, Russians after, you know, the the Russian guys and his crew to, to, uh, capture him. And, you know, he sees him coming and it's like, yeah. All right, everybody put down your lasagna and go to the basement. And then all of a sudden there's like flips the switch and there's like, you know, a keypad. It's like, Oh, this basement's actually a panic room that none of y'all knew about. And he's like, don't call nine one one. And then proceeds to fuck up everybody. <laughs> You know, oh, that one guy where he grabs the guy and, like, basically chokes him out with his own uh, gun uh, sling. Like, the sling's, like, around, and he's literally, like, standing on the dude's chest, like, pulling up on the gun, like, 
hanging him with his own. And then somebody comes around the corner and then the gun's like upside down and he still like hits the trigger and shoots the guy that's coming around the corner as he's strangling this dude with his own sling. And like, oh, when he grabs the knife and just friggin' just like starts murking dudes with a kitchen knife. It's like, until he gets like tased and ends up in the trunk. But yeah, you get no explanation of these skills until he escapes from the trunk and he's like explaining to like the one Russian guy who's like, you know, half dead. And he's like, I'm an auditor. He's like, what that means is I worked for a lot of those three letter agencies and I'm the last guy you would like to see show up at your door because I couldn't arrest anybody. So I made sure there was no one left to arrest. <laughs> so it's like one of those guys when, you know, you're three letter agencies, uh, you know, CIA, NSA, FBI, something like we have a problem we need fixing. <laughs> It's almost like the adjudicator, but not. <laughs> and it's funny because he keeps like trying to like tell his life story to like, and then the person like dies. dies. <laughs> so we get a little bit of his story, and he's like, "Ah, fuck, he's dead. I got to find someone else to finish my story." <laughs> Where was I? Oh yeah, I was just telling your buddy over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, goes back to the house and and. Uh, but yeah, that before well, he, how he escapes the uh, the the trunk and everything was kind of cool too because he's like opens the trunk and he's like ah we're going too fast hey here's a fire extinguisher and just like sh- pops out from the trunk and like gases the whole car and causes it to flip and then like I said gets you know gets home and uh, you know tells his family to to take off and he's gonna he, I was like I'll explain everything after I clean all this up and then then his next like drags all the bodies into the basement and he's like you know listening some some music sipping some whiskey and he's like and there's like like one guy who's like still kind of half alive on the couch and he's like all right where was i (laughs) let me me finish my my backstory now that i've got a got an audience again (laughs) i don't know i i kind of love that you know little story of you know uh you know you see him dousing, you know, everything in gasoline and whatnot, and he's like, oh, you know, the funny thing about bones, <laughs> yeah. you know, is at a certain degree, there's none left. And this basement's designed to burn two times that amount. You know, I forgot the actual... Yeah, it was like... Yeah, it was Then like... again, like, it's like one of those things, it's like, I want to Google to see if that's accurate, <laughs> yeah. but at the same time, it's like... So he's like, yeah, don't worry. Do I really want that in my search history? <laughs> it's like, like, don't don't worry, no one will find you in the uh, in the rubble. Because, uh, yeah, but he's like, he's like, so uh, let me finish my story. A few chapters back, I I uh, tracked down this guy who had like you know embezzled like three million dollars from like you know, a military base or something, and he's all crying. Normally, I and he's like him changing the details of the story. He's like, I had him you know, with a suppressed uh, PPK. No, no, no! It was a uh, H and K UMP forty five. He's like that. He's like PPK. It's two James Bond. I gotta like change up the details so it sounds better. <laughs> and then he's like, normally I'd you know finish these dudes off before they started crying, but for some reason it sounded like he really was sorry. So I decided to let him go and came back a year later, fully expecting him to have gone back to doing bad shit, and I could finally kill him, but. No, he had actually retired and got a family and kids and was like working a regular nine to five. And it's like, you motherfucker. And he's like, I'm not jealous. But at that point, like, I wanted that. So 
I re told my bosses are going to retire and move to the suburbs, uh, had some kids, but I kind of overcorrected. <laughs> I went from being too violent to too passive. <laughs> He's like, I should have found somewhere in the, <laughs> in the middle. That's why it helps to discover your local gun range. You can enact violence on paper. <laughs> and still. Do some jujitsu or something, you know? Get, <laughs> get the stress out. Oh. But yeah, that, uh... <laughs> and then they got, that guy dies too, and he's like, fuck. Like, no one listens to my stories. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, after he sets the... The, the way the, like, the, the basement was sell, set to self-destruct, you know, he like takes off it. Oh yeah, and then during that time he finds his daughter's like bracelet under the couch. He's like, and it's like that oh, was you the... sneaky devil. <laughs> yeah, and it's like this is the thing that kind of set all these events into motion. Like, if I'd have just found this thing beforehand, I wouldn't have like fifteen dead Russians in my basement. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, my life wouldn't be as uh, fun as it is now. <laughs> oh yeah, like he goes opens up. That's the other thing where I'm like, this movie has such, like, kind of John Wick-esque. So he, like, opens up his pinball machine in his man cave, and it's full of gold bars. I'm like, huh, that looks, looks like, a, like a suitcase full of gold coins digging up out of the basement. <laughs> it's like, are y'all just reusing, like, plot points from John Wick at this point? <laughs> I don't care. It worked. I mean, but this didn't have the length of a John, Win uh, John Wick film either, though. No, it was like, like I said, it was... It, it's only like an hour and a half. Yeah, I mean, it was very, like, concise. Like I said, it's got that slow start, but then once, like you said, once the violent starts, it's like, does not let off the gas much through the whole, through the rest of the movie. I appreciate that. Yes. I do like a good, just dumb, violent movie. It, I mean, it wasn't even dumb, though. I mean, No, this... I mean, it had, like, a good story, but it's, yeah, it's like, we don't get those, you, it, it's either... And Expendables, where it's just action movie, the plot doesn't matter. <laughs> or it's something a little more, like, dark and grilly, gritty and, you know, with the feels and stuff. Where, like, this is, like, a good good balance of it had a good story and it had, like, great over-the-top violence. And being, like, kind of like the John Wick, it was... You see him reload and, like, do, like, like legit, like, tactical shit, you know? It's, like... Although I do want to see somebody try to choke somebody with with the gunsling, though. Like, I mean, ride the bull, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> ride the bull. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh. was it the... Oh, yeah, and I like when they... As we alluded to earlier, the old man actually being a badass, too, because the Russian guys that uh, also... They sent two guys to, like, kill his dad... Yeah, you know, he's like, you know, you know, mafia guys like wipe out his whole family, and you know they they go in there, and old man's like sleeping in his chair, and uh, dude pulls out of like a 1911, and he just like reaches up and grabs it, and sticks his pinky in the hammer so it wasn't go off, and then just like, dude's got a double barrel shotgun under his like fucking blanket, <laughs> just blows both of them like you know, gut shot them both with a double barrel shot, and the nurse like wakes up and runs in there, and he's like watching his cowboy who's like, damn it, Billy, turn that. Turn that shit down. Uh, yeah, sorry. Well, he's got his hand, you know, cupped around the one dude's, you know, mouth so he can't scream or anything. Like, <laughs> yeah. As he's, and he's kind of like watches him until he dies and just kind of just like, pats him on his face. Dad, this went bad. Be ready. 
Oh, I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, Dad's got a whole lot of wishing motherfucker wood in it. Oh, uh, but yeah, and then he goes and like, kind of like uh, when John Wick burned uh, the stash house. He's like, oh, I'm gonna burn all the uh, the the Russian retirement fund here that he's responsible for defending. And then goes to the dudes as like the most balls goes to the dudes like nightclub, and like the guys on stage singing and dancing. And he looks out and sees uh, Hutch in the audience, like just having a steak, <laughs> not a care in the world, front and center, yeah. you know. And he like rolls up and he's like, "Are you enjoying your meal?" Like with like all his hitmen around him, he's like, "Ah, just it's okay. I just came for the show." And he's like, "You got a lot of balls to come in here," and he's like, lifts up his napkin and he's got a freaking Claymore mind like hooked to like a a pull ring and he's like maybe I did maybe I do maybe he's like, why don't we just have a chat and like he's like the, there's a, a violent part of me that has been reawakened and he really hopes like you want to continue this fight or he you know, he's like he really wants to like, see how this all plays out but the more reasonable part of me that's what's left of it is like we should both just call it even and walk away we can both rebuild I mean I've blew up your house and all your your funds, but you probably got a nest egg. You can retire somewhere and, and get out of here. You know, I say we just kind of, sh- you know, you, fuck, you came at my family, which you don't fucking do. I fucked up your brother and burned all... Let's just call it even, but if you, uh, you know, decide to uh, continue this, I'll be nearby. Oh yeah, when he burns down his house and he goes to leave and he's like, alright, I'm breaking bad anyway. Fuck this, I'm stealing that charger. <laughs> it's and you know, jump, you know, breaks the window and steals that dude's uh, dude's hot rod, and then go go goes and buys his father-in-law's uh, company that he's been working for, and then basically like closes, you know, tells everybody that uh, we're gonna be closed for a couple days due to electrical issue. Uh, everybody go home, and then like we get a cool gear up montage of him like just freaking booby trapping the whole place and preparing for war. Yeah, that whole. You know, scenario where you're, you know, talking about awakening the violence. So there's a a book series that I became almost obsessed with. I don't even know how many books there are. I think I'm on the eighth or ninth one, um, but it's uh, the Joe Ledger series. And he distinctly has, like, those three personality traits. And this reminded me so much of that. You know, in Joe <laughs> Ledger, it, he has the modern man. The police officer, and then the you know the operator, aka you know the monster, <laughs> and you know like him going through those different personalities very much reminded me of the dinner scene. Like, yeah, I haven't read those books. I, I need. I'm out of things to. So I got another like three months for the next Jack Carr books coming out. So I got. I need to get something to read. I got to check that out. And then there's uh oh, that reminds me. The uh, I saw a preview that. Uh, Jack Reacher TV series. This will be starting pretty soon on Amazon if it hasn't started already. The trailers for that looks looks pretty damn good. That may be another good violent thing to watch. Uh, <laughs> oh. But yeah, that... the Like I said, when... Russian guy... To, you know, Like I said, he goes out to his car and he's there just like, fingers crossed. And at that point, I'm like, I don't know if he's praying that dude decide chooses to like continue the fight or if he's praying that he's like it's over with let's 
So it's like it's like it could go either way at that point. So I'm like, he's like, so got his fingers I, crossed. I'm like, I don't. I, I I say that he's looking for the fight to continue. <laughs> yeah. Just based on you know future events that we haven't got to yet, but he wants this fight. <laughs> but yeah, it's like at that point he's just sitting here like fingers crossed. And I'm like, is he hoping for peace or hoping the fight continues? And sure enough, the fight continues, and there's a cool car chase uh, back to the back to the. Uh, the machine shop. But then when he gets out of his car, he gets like shot and pinned down before he can even make it into his booby trapped building. And you're like, Oh, he's kind of fucked. And then all of a sudden like glass breaks and the Riza from the Wu Tang clan is start sniping dudes. He's like, he's like, Hey, uh, Hutch, remember when I said my white ass or my black ass wasn't going to, you know, come out of hiding to save your white ass. Well, I'm here saving your white ass. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, Christopher Lloyd, who, like I said, you kind of thought was just a old man, comes out like with like six, like just a ton of shotguns like slung around him, and starts like popping off rounds and uh, and gets him into the building. And he's like, like our favorite line of the whole movie is like, "Dad, you brought a lot of shotguns." He's like, "Well, you brought a lot of Russians." <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> and then he's like, you know, uh, I. I, I get what you did, son. I, I tried to retire, you know, eat early dinner, walk the quad, you know, just li- live, live a, you know, a, you know, calm life. And it was good, but God damn, I miss this. <laughs> <laughs> and then like the most epic, what? 10 minute gunfight. Oh like, yeah. Like three dudes taking on like the entire like Russian mafia, even like the Rizzo being the sniper. I've never seen anyone use a sniper rifle for CQB, but that shit works. <laughs> I mean, when he at one point like shoots like three dudes. Dude, you at never once. played Call of Duty and no scope somebody. <laughs> I mean, he just gets up into like a hallway, and one dude like grabs his suppressor, and he's got like a quick detach. He just like s- like snaps the rifle, and the silencer comes off, and he sh- like shoots one guy behind him and butt strokes the guy in front, of him and then takes like the the silencer and cracks another dude in the head with it, and then shoots like. The three dudes, like, one shot, three kills, and it's like, damn. <laughs> Sniper rifle go whoop. <laughs> and Christopher Lloyd, like, fucking people up with the shotguns, and he's like, he's like, dos fadanya, and, like, shoots the uh, the hanging bag full of, uh, like, nail bombs that just blows a bunch of dudes up. And, like, the mouse traps with shotgun shells through the walls. And so I was like, oh, and the air cannon full of rebar. <laughs> I'm like, this is badass. Oh yeah. Uh, and while they're playing like you know like weird like you know old music that like doesn't really go with like I, well no I mean I, I I love these you know that almost like I think Quentin Tarantino was like was you know kind of like yeah, the, it was like kind of the pioneer of we're gonna have some nice cabaret style music to some very extreme violence. <laughs> Yeah, like, any other movie, this would be, like, fucking Motley Crue or, or something, you know, like, some, like, <laughs> some serious, like, metal or something, but it's like, no, they're like... Motley Crue's classic rock now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're old. <laughs> but, yeah, it was, like, you know, freaking Sinatra and, like, you know, kind of like that, you know, old, old school gangster music, and it's, like, <laughs> it's just, like, such, like, calming music to go with, like, this, the, the uber violence that's... <laughs> I just love that contrast in uh, in musical cues versus what you're actually seeing on screen. Yes. 
Yeah, that definitely seems to be, you know, the thing. Oh, and how he takes out that final, the final boss, because, like, they get shot, they're all out of ammo, and he's like, is everybody out of ammo? And he's like, yeah. Was this the final boss, though? Because there was no helicopter. Yeah, no helicopter. No tank, either, but somehow he was, like, the, the one survivor. So he's like, he's like, fuck, we're all out of ammo, the last thing I got is this pocket claymore everybody needs a pocket claymore <laughs> and just like has like a bulletproof shield that's like basically like a safety shield from one of the machines and like duct tapes a the, the uh the freaking claymore to the front of the shield and he's like everybody dies just some of us die sooner than others and like jumps up and just like runs at the guy and like freaking <laughs> blows up the damn claymore and like launches himself across the room I'm like, i mean i get it front badass. toward enemy but at the same time, like, like this is another one of those, is that survivable? <sighs> Too bad we don't have the Mythbusters anymore. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the, the way those guns are, our guns, uh, bombs are designed. It's a shaped charge. It only fires in, like, one direction. So you're supposed to be able to basically set them up on the outside of, like, of uh, defensive positions. You know, if they're overrun, they can blow the claymores and, and fuck up anything in front of them. So... Technically, you can be fairly close to, like, the backside of those, but you still like, there's, you think there would be some kind of, like, just the pressure wave of that thing going off, even if you're not getting any shrapnel coming back at you. But then again, he did have the the shield that, I guess, you know, soaked up a lot of that. <laughs> but yeah, he probably would have been dead. <laughs> if nothing else, he'd definitely be deaf at this point, going, what? What'd y'all say? <laughs> I'm not hard of hearing, I just... <laughs> oh, and he sends his dad and his brother off. He's like, ah, I got the... I got the fallout. Y'all take off, I'll I'll clean this up. And, like, he, like before all this happened, his daughter's like, we need a real cat. He's like, yeah, that's just what I was thinking. Sure enough, finds a stray cat in the, uh... and <laughs> all that mess. And I just love, like, him at the, uh, the police station. And he's like, Pulls out a, you know, in handcuffs, just beat to shit. Pulls out a cigarette, lights it, reaches in his pocket, pulls out a can of tuna and a, and a can opener, and they're just watching him and like, then pulls a fucking cat out of his jacket and starts like feeding the cat. And they're just like, who the fuck are you? And he's just like, I'm nobody. I'm nobody. <laughs> and they're like, is that all you got to say? He's like, that's, that's answer enough. And they're like, I don't think so. And then all of a sudden all their phones start ringing. And it's like, the government is like, yeah, forget you ever met this man. Uh, <laughs> just go about your business. <laughs> we'll we'll take care of this. <laughs> That's some like deep state shit. Like, <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm kind of like John Wick. Uh, well, I guess I'm back. I, I'm I'm assuming he's coming out of retirement and going back to going back to work. And like, you know what? I think I can kill people and uh, still be a family man. So like jumps three months ahead and he's uh they're shopping for a house and then like i guess he's like i'm not i'm i'm off the grid i'm not carrying my phone like somebody calls the realtor and he's like uh it's a call for you and he's like just listen to it for a second doesn't say anything and he's like so does this house come with a basement right. <laughs> it's like it's time to build my uh <laughs> build my next uh panic room for the family because it looks like i'm i'm going back to work <laughs> And then you get da dad and his brother, like, in a Winnebago, driving cross-country to somewhere. And he's like, so tell me about the the three guys. He's like, I killed three guys with one shot. Ah, bullshit, I still don't believe you. 
<laughs> just a thing a dad would do to fuck. He's like, why are why are we driving this fucking? Well, can't we fly? He's like, you really want to carry this luggage on a plane? And then it looks back and like the Winnebago's just full of guns. It's like, oh yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I want a Winnebago full of guns. <laughs> Uh, I guess it's better than the quagmire equivalent, the Winnebago. <laughs> yeah, it is a Winnebago. <laughs> Winnebago, yeah, there you go. I mean, this movie didn't make money. They made it for relatively cheap. Uh, you know, sixteen million. It made fifty-six million. You know, at a time when, like I said, most theaters were were closed. Kind of. And ammo prices are extremely high. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you kind of had to like see this uh you know buy it online because there weren't a whole lot of places to see this when it first came out that's kind of why i saw the trailers and looked cool but just missed it when it was in in theaters but yeah i like the fact that it's uber violent action movie but it doesn't i mean it doesn't try to draw you know it doesn't try to draw things out and you know it does a really good job you know, of keeping you in the dark until it's time, you know, for action to take place. Yeah, and, like... like and I we said, still don't know entirely <laughs> what, you know, or who he really is. Like... Yeah. Do you think we get a sequel of this? Like... I mean, that's the thing, is, you know... Uh, I mean, this closed this <clears throat> chapter... But that call with the realtor certainly set the stage for there to be a sequel. But you know, I'm I'm wondering because you can't tell the story again. The him going from retired dude to like ultra violence. I mean, the next movie it's just going to be him being an operator the whole time. Well, you know, maybe I, you know, it's like at the same time, like look what they did with John Wick. You know, I mean, they've set the stage, and yeah, what got, is yeah. what does everybody enjoy out of the John Wick films now? It's <laughs> the fucking action, you know. So, I mean, do we want to see you know Hutch continue to do badass action shit? I do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, whatever story they tell next will definitely be different from this story, but that's. A good thing. And I mean, yeah. you know, the and the thing is, like, yeah, they sheltered, you know, the, the daughter's eyes when they came out of the safe room, you know, from all the, the carnage and everything else, but his son saw that shit. So, yeah. you know, at this point, son now knows that, oh, dad's a legit badass. Like, you know, yeah, does so he... does, you know, he take the son in under his wing and say hey, we're going to do some badass mercenary shit together. You know, because father, son, you know. Grandpa. like Grandpa, you know. So, I mean, the legacy continues. Or do we get, now that he has a pet cat, do we get full John Wick? Somebody kills his cat and he's got to get vengeance. Oh, dude, cat's a legit asshole. It's not going to get killed. Man's best friend is man's best friend, and that's its weakness. It's like a meme I saw the other day. And it was like somebody. Kicking I mean, sh- you, you, if anything, you know, we're gonna see the cat just, you know, over there fucking biting the ears of dead bodies. <laughs> yes, <laughs> drinking blood. It's kind of that meme I saw the other day. It was like a person with a cat, a dog, and somebody comes up, and starts kicking the shit out of him, and the dog bites the person attacking him. There was like person with a cat, 
Dude sums up and starts kicking the shit out of him, and the cat gets up and starts ki- helping him kick the shit out of him. <laughs> That's cats for you right there. It's like, oh, you're, you're beating somebody? I want to beat somebody, too. This is fun. <laughs> but cats got no loyalty. <laughs> no. They give zero fucks. Mm-mm. You have cats. You know this. Yeah, they give zero fucks. <laughs> They're like, we'll either bite anybody, or we'll get petted by anybody. It depends on our mood. <laughs> I'm going to bite you as you pet me. <laughs> yeah. Like... It's like, you're petting me, it's cool, it's cool, and it's not cool, I'm biting you. <laughs> you will play with me with, like, you know, the exact amount of time I tell you to play with me. After that, it's, it's game on. That's like my little cat, it's like, if you try to pick it up, it will, like, claw and try to get out of your arms, unless it, like, comes up wanting to be picked up. So it's like, alright, it's gotta meow three times. Three times is like, alright, it's safe to, like, pick you up and, like, you know, hold <laughs> you, because if you try to just walk up and pick her up, she's like, fuck you! Cat's disarmed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gotta put in the code. <laughs> the Konami code for cats. The cat mommy code. <laughs> so, uh, as we kind of wrap this up, I mean, you got some highlights we've not uh, not talked about yet. Any, um, anything we've missed? I, I, I think for me, the acquisition of, you know, the warehouse production facility metal shop whatever the fuck it is like it doesn't really say what it is but you know he just walks in with the gold bars and's like i want to buy the place you know and you know cocky you know former i i, I think they say he's like former marine or something like that earlier on you know when the kid's yeah, like hey i've got to <laughs> you know do this report and dad you were in the service and he's like oh no son i'm i, I didn't see any action yeah, I'm i was just, I was just uh, an auditor, auditor yeah. you know you need to talk to your <laughs> uncle and he was a real soldier <laughs> yeah but yeah he seems but like a you know bag. you see the the uncle you know like the fuck you know and he just you know gives him the nice gut shot and's like and then takes care of him. He's like, all right, sit down, breathe deep, breathe deep. He's like, what am I supposed to do? I don't fucking care. But like before that, he was discussing with his father-in-law. He's like, he's like, uh, you know, saw your offer about buying the place, but it's not a great offer. If I want to sell this place, I want to you know, make some good money on it. He's like, why do you want this anyway? He's like, I just want something of my own. And then when he shows up with like the gold, he's like, okay, that's that's the offer I was looking for. I will, I will take it. <laughs> So, yeah, that, that to me, you know, I thought was pretty cool. Because you're like, fuck you want this place for? But then you find out, ah, this is the place that he knows in and out. You yeah, know, this, that is, he this can is where reinforce. I set up the death trap. Yes. And then the, uh, oh, yeah, the, uh, the, of the, all the booby traps, like the first one he sets off, he's just got a grenade and a hydraulic press. And I'm like... I want, I want to see the hydraulic press channel test that one. <laughs> I don't know if he can get a hold of a grenade, but yeah, it's like speaking of MythBusters, yeah, let's call the uh, hydraulic press channel guy and see if he uh, <laughs> will press a grenade. <laughs> Got a grenade for ya. <laughs> uh, and also, as we wrap up, final thoughts on. I'm about halfway through this uh, Kill Bill so far, and. It has picked up in in strength. It's it's got kind of a balance of of um, that pepperiness mixed with like just a kind of a not a real strong sweetness, just kind of like a hint of sweetness with a with the pepper. And yeah, you know, I, I do like a, a sweet and salty that you know that kind of spicy uh, 
spicy and sweetness together is it's kind of a good combo and it's definitely at least at the halfway point has picked up in strength uh i mean it's not like the uh, you know the super strong stuff i normally smoke but it's it's got enough there to to keep my attention so far nice so it, it does have a transition stands out on its own seems like it's shaping up to be a, a pretty decent cigar uh, this is definitely one just, I mean, dude, the aroma is awesome coming off of it. And it's not extremely smoky, yeah. Um, you know. Yeah, this is one that's definitely worth a try. They literally just came out. I mean, they these showed up in my our local shop, uh, I don't know, three or four days ago. So, yeah, probably be showing up in your shops uh, here soon, if not already. So if you can find one, give it a try. It's worth a and they don't have any... I just have one question. What's that? Can you wiggle your big toe? Yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, and, you know, watch, watch Kill Bill and smoke a Kill Bill. <laughs> uh, I'm going to need to borrow Amanda's sword. <laughs> I mean, it's not a katana, but, you know, it'll work. Get you a pussy wagon. Yes. Something with a functioning radio. <laughs> oh, that was another highlight, too, that we didn't talk about. What's that? When he, you know, takes neighbor's car. You know, you see him like, alright, well, neighbor's got a badass car. I'm now doing badass shit. I, too, should have a badass car. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, Fuck this sedan I stole. I'm going to go steal me a... <laughs> if we're going to go, you know, balls the wall, we're going to go full balls the wall. And then, like, every time he's, like, hell, when they're in their car chase, he's, like, throwing in, like, the old school cassette and playing some uh, nice Eddie 80s hair metal, which is what you expected to see for the action sequences. So you got it for the uh, the rolling gunfight. But then when you got into, like, the, the warehouse fight, it, like, switches to, like, Sinatra or something. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a good contrast. It works. Yeah, but it's I gotta... mean, if if you're looking for 80s hair metal throughout, then you should just check out the Peacemaker series. <laughs> have you watched the latest episode of that? I have not seen episode six yet. Uh, all I got to say is piano cover of uh, Motley Crue, uh, uh, I'm Coming Home or whatever. I don't know. Was it... I can't remember, but there's a, he does a piano cover of Motley Crue. It's, uh, that's it's that's a legit um a legit thing, and it's literally John Sienna playing it. I've seen like the behind the scenes like videos of it. It's not like you know, faked for film. He literally can play the piano. <laughs> you can't see John Cena. You don't know if he's actually playing it or not. You can't see me. Uh, and with that, we'll be right back. Hey, Andy, remember what I said? Don't do nothing stupid. Because I wouldn't come save your white ass. Lunch, nap, sweep. 
But God damn it, I'll see If I didn't miss this shit. Welcome back. It's time for some science. I'm ready to get educated. Do you know it rains iguanas in the winter? I did not. Apparently. I miss the iguanas down in Florida. <laughs> yeah, apparently I just read there's the a, uh, a thing in Florida called reptile rain uh, because iguanas are actually an invasive species and not meant to be living in Florida. They usually exist in more tropical climates, so... In the uh, winter, when it gets cold enough, they tend to like fall out of the trees in uh, in Florida. So yeah, and since Florida's kind of uh, as we, you know, winter is is here, and Florida's getting an unusual cold snap, uh, iguanas falling from the sky has become a uh, thing down there. Because they are cold-blooded reptiles, and when they get too cold, the blood stops circulating properly, and they basically, you know, kind of go into a forced hibernation. <laughs> so, it's such a common thing that the Florida Wildlife Conservation Commission has had to release a statement to tell people, if you find an iguana falling on the streets, do not put it in your vehicle or, uh, you know, take it home with you because they are not pets. They are wild animals. And when they warm up, they may not like the, th the fact that you've taken them home and will scratch and claw, claw you. <laughs> I mean, it's not even the, it, it's the tail, dude. Like yeah, whip the when shit they get, out of you. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there's been, uh, several incidents of people finding an iguana on the street and deciding to put it in their car and it, uh, waking up. And uh, causing some uh, some damage. <laughs> uh, I feel bad for the iguanas, though. Like, I've had iguanas. Iguanas are cool. Uh, well, they say that uh, what you should do, uh, now that they've said what you shouldn't do, is, well, iguanas are, these uh, green iguanas are listed as an invasive species in Florida, so you are permitted to kill them humanely, so they're said you should just... Leave them the fuck alone. If they live, they live. If they die, they die. Just don't take them home. Or you can't eat iguana. You know, in that song, yes. Mexican Radio, like, uh, uh, iguana, iguana. Iguana's supposed to actually be pretty good. And in fact, they've called, their, uh, they've earned the nickname the Chicken of the Trees. <laughs> Instead of the Chicken of the Seas? Yeah. So if uh, you uh, uh, happen to decide to go that route and... And, uh, you know, eat some iguanas. Are you going to give out some uh, grilled iguana recipes? No, but a Florida man. Uh, of course that was uh, Florida man. Cut, instead of, like, they said if you have to transport them, put them in, like, a small cat carrier or something so they don't, you know, wake up and run amok. Well, Florida man decided he was going to eat some iguanas and loaded up multiple iguanas in his vehicle to take them home and cook them. And, uh... As soon as they got in the car and warmed up a little, uh, the 10 or 15 iguanas suddenly woke up in his vehicle, causing him to crash. Because <laughs> he had a swarm of pissed off iguanas <laughs> trapped in his vehicle. 
So if you think one's a problem, wait till you have 15 in your back seat. <laughs> I mean, I get it. It's Florida and all, but damn, I'd, I'd find a cooler or something to put them in. Like you do fish. <laughs> yeah, keep them cool so they don't... Uh... <laughs> I mean, hell, the cooler can be empty, you know? It's just got a you know, lid that can seal tightly. <laughs> well, we talked about uh, violent action movies. And uh, so a recent study, psychiatrists have assessed movies to decide which one most accurately portrays a psychopath. Because, you know, a lot of a lot of these horror movies, you know, attribute, you know, characters to being psychopaths, but uh, in actuality, most of them have some other kind of, uh, you know, mental disorder and not, well, I think, are not you know, true psychopaths. You know, psychopath just gets... It becomes a catch-all phrase. Yeah. Like nut job. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm a cashew. <laughs> they said, you know, some of these might uh, portray, uh, you know, uh, schizophrenia, psychotic behavior, but they're not true uh, psychopaths. Or, you know, they have something like, you know, uh, well, these uh, um, in the Journal of Forensic Science, uh, these uh, scientists watched 400 films uh, identifying uh, a list of 105 male and 21 female uh, characters portrayed as psychopaths uh from films from 1915 up to like present day uh the team was consisted of 10 uh forensic scientists and movie critics and weighed on who could be diagnosed with being a psychopath and stuff with other like disassociative or uh uh, what was the the word you uh used earlier schizophrenic yeah schizophrenic so so they they've come to like the the some of the best portrayals of psychopaths on film is uh, if you ever seen the movie uh, No Country for Old Men, the uh, assassin that Anton Chiguri, I think was his name, uh, is uh, probably one of the best portrayals of an actual psychopath because he has lack of uh, is, is, is a active primary idiopathic psychopathy and cap- incapacity for love. Absence of shame or remorse, lack of psychological insight, inability to learn from past cons- experiments, uh, experiences, cold-blooded attitude, ruthlessness, total determination, and lack of empathy. I think that's me. <laughs> you may be. They said another another film that kind of uh, scored high in this was uh, uh, the um, Henry P- Portrait of a Serial Killer, which was inspired by the real-life serial killer Henry Lee Lucas. Uh, so yeah, apparently Norman Bates... See, I would want this in a listicle. Like, give me the character portrayal, and then give me, like, the trait breakdown, and, you know, like, uh, like on a scale of, you know, maybe the top ten. Like, if you want to watch a movie about a, you know, psychopath, these are the ten films that most accurately depict a psychopath. Everything else is just Hollywood magic. Yeah, they say movies like Psycho with Norman Bates and Taxi Driver... Uh, not actual psychopaths. They are uh, more disconnected from reality and suffer from delusional ideation. So, there you go. Not all psychos in movies are created equal. I believe we could have drawn that conclusion ourselves. (laughs) Thank you for this article that makes me wish it was a completely different article. It's kind of funny because it said about 4% of the movies had actual what they would consider psychopaths in them, which is also kind of the general percentage of actual society that are true psychopaths. So about 4% in the movies, about 4% in uh, 
an actual general population. And we've been watching a whole lot of uh, Book of Boba Fett lately. Uh, well, a YouTuber has earned the Guinness World Book of Records after creating the world's first retractable lightsaber. Alex Burton of uh, the YouTube channel Alex Lab created a device that looks much like a lightsaber uh, and produces a 3.28 foot long plasma blade when ignited. Um, there was another YouTuber who also built a lightsaber uh, and it's basically like a hydrate hydrogen generated plasma, but his had to be plugged in and kind of operated off this backpack system where this new lightsaber, uh, built by Alex is actually looks like a lightsaber. It's all self-contained in one hilt. They said the problem is though, it's, you know, it being in one hilt doesn't hold a lot of, uh, power. So it, uh, <laughs> it only has about a 30 second runtime. I so mean, if you're going to fight with it, you got to be really fast. Bro, you only got this, about 30 seconds. This thing is 5,000 degrees. Like, yeah, it'll you, cut through steel. You don't need and, much. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, while he's still kind of continuing to uh, to uh, hone his uh, his creation, uh, uh, James Hobsmith of Hacksmith, Hobson of Hacksmith is the one who built the other retractable lightsaber. But this is, like I said, the only one that's comes in a self-contained. I mean, at unit. this point, are you just cauterizing everything? Like, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, this thing will cut through steel and everything else. I, I'm worried about like I don't know how you have your hand that close to something that hot without it like. Yeah, how does the heat all get contained in the actual blade of the the thing, and you don't burn your your fucking hand being three inches from the emitter? I don't know. I mean, think about your your torch. Maybe it's sort of the same process. You know, all the heat goes out instead of or straight instead of you know out. But yeah, if you uh, check the links in the show notes, there are videos of both uh, Alex's lightsaber and uh, his uh, competitor's uh, lightsaber. But yeah, like I said, it's only got a 30, 30 second uh, time, so you could light your cigar off of it. But uh, yeah, it's uh, if you're gonna fight with it, you're gonna be quicker than that because you, dude, five thousand <laughs> degrees. I I don't think you could light. I <laughs> burn your friggin' mustache. I off. don't think you could get it that close to your face. Like, I don't know. Five thousand degrees sounds like a, a. I don't know. You get like a long cigar, like one of the Woodies, that's like three foot long, or hell, a double digger. You might be able to but get But then again, like, <laughs> dude, I'm just thinking about my oven, right? Yeah. You crank the oven to like five, six hundred and just that opening of the door and it's like, oh my you know, eyes and stuff like have like shriveled. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm not saying it's probably a recommended usage, but <laughs> for science, man. Try it. <laughs> and we are not professionals. <laughs> uh sometime next month, uh Estimates uh, looks like, uh, well, we're going to have our first uh, space uh, crash, I guess, because an out-of-control rocket is about to hit the moon. Smoke cheese! <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, they've... We're, we're having some smoke cheddar. The, uh, the, the estimate right now is uh, about noon on March 4th, a uh, booster rocket from a one of the uh, SpaceX's uh, Falcon 9 rockets is gonna hit the moon on the on the dark side of the moon. So it's probably gonna piss off those Transformers hiding up there, or the space Nazis, depending on which movie. Great, you watch. great. Now they're gonna unfear that we've launched missiles at them, and 
Great. SpaceX has, you know, <laughs> officially, you know, initiated galactic warfare. Yep. Good job. <laughs> well, back on February of 2015, SpaceX launched the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration's Deep Space Climate Observatory. Uh, and one of the rockets, I guess they didn't calculate stuff uh, too much, kind of got up higher than it should have been. Uh, so it was too far out for the Earth's gravity to pull it back to Earth, which is what normally happens with uh, those rockets, uh, and didn't have enough height to actually leave the atmosphere. So it's kind of been in a chaotic orbit around the Earth uh, for the last six years. Well, it's finally kind of come on a collision path with the moon, and they're expecting it to crash into the moon uh, next month. Uh, don't know what that's going to do, but they're saying, hey, it may leave a big crater so we can get some new information on what the moon is actually composed of in that area, because it will probably, like, you know, it's going to hit the uh, the uh, moon at a estimated speed of 1.6 miles per second. <laughs> The moon's gonna break in half, and then it's gonna be like fucking Armageddon, or or that. There's that new movie just coming out called whatever Moonfall. So this might just be like an elaborate, uh, <laughs> an elaborate uh, promo for that movie. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I so maybe the world won't end up you know, a couple days before your birthday. Maybe you'll make it to your next birthday. <laughs> I don't care. I'm 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 a sociopath. I I have no empathy or anything else. Fuck it. Watch the world burn. Uh, I should get you a good cigar for that. <laughs> Fire you up one as uh, the moon crashes. Well, that's all I got for you this week. We'll be right back with some news. So how do we describe this show? Like, what's really going to grab people's attention and make them tune in? Nerdgasm for your eargasm? What? The space must flow to be in the know. Um. Don't be a willow. Grab your pillow. But that one doesn't even make sense. All right, stop. Snag a seat and listen. The nerds are back with a brand new edition. No! Uh, okay, then. The Blurred Nerds Podcast. Rants, raves, reviews, recaps, and other bits of random fandom. Well, see, that's perfect. You should have just led with that one. Resistance is futile. Listen to the Blurred Nerds Podcast right meow. Fine. Make it so. And now it's time for all things nerdy in the nerd news. And welcome to Nerd News. Yeah, news. And in this rendition of news, we're going to talk about dinosaurs, slasher films, Caucasaurus Rex, possibly Caucasaurus Rex. <laughs> And his uh, dominating world dominion, I guess. I don't know. Um, That's a Jackass Forever joke. If you've not seen the new Jackass yet, I highly recommend going and seeing that. If you, especially if you're a person. So of a certain with everybody age. getting old and everything, does I mean I remember Jackass in its heyday. You know, we were all running around doing stupid shit, thinking we were going <laughs> to get MTV famous. I gotta say. I mean, the last Jackass movie was 10 years ago, and I think this all started like 20 years ago. Those guys still go hard, despite their being older. <laughs> and recovery got to suck But nice. it's no longer, you know, viewer-submitted clips and stuff like that, right? No, I mean, it's, it's pretty much like the previous just... movies. It's them fucking each, each other up and playing pranks and whatnot. But, yeah, despite their age, because they're all in their 50s now... Uh, they haven't slowed down any. I mean, they've they've brought in a few like new younger cast to kind of 
to to fill out the uh, make them do stuff that they don't want to do anymore. But I said, but for the most part, those guys are still as fucked up as they've always been. <laughs> so is this something still in theaters? And I hadn't even. It just came out last week, so okay. it's it's brand new. It just came out. Uh, Friday before we recorded. So. Hot off the press with a high recommendation from our very own. Yeah, especially if you're our age and grew up watching Jackass. It's like, oh, the nostalgia. I laugh so hard I hurt. It's it's great. I hurt when I even when I don't laugh. A lot of male nudity, but that's par for the course with Jackass movies. <laughs> Maybe don't take your kids. <laughs> and that's where babies come from. <laughs> I don't know how any of those guys have kids as much nut shots as they've taken. <laughs> Maybe it's a myth. Uh, but anyway. A no, myth to be busted. <laughs> nut busted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Damn it. <laughs> um, hey, let's, let's talk about Scream for a moment. There's a new sequel uh, coming to... Paramount Pictures. I don't want another streaming service, but damn it, it looks like Paramount, like, for like the last week and a half is like, we're doing all the things. Oh no, is it the Paramount out or is just Paramount? Because Paramount's a studio. I mean, the current Scream that's in theaters is a Paramount movie, but unless it's that Paramount Plus or whatever the fucking... I don't know, I'm I'm assuming it'll be on Paramount Plus at some point. Because but... like I said, the, the movie, the, the last Scream movie is currently in theaters, so hopefully this one will also <laughs> be in theaters, which I've not had a chance to see it yet. Yeah. So with its box office success comes the potential for additional Scream uh, movies. So uh, Radio Silence has come out and said uh, we're working with a wonderful, talented family of creators. And in the lineage of Wes and Kevin, so expertly built, we've has been the thrill of a lifetime, and we're excited to bring the next chapter in the Scream Saga to life. So, it looks like we'll be getting another Scream movie, which is great, you know? I mean, Scream... It followed, you know, the Friday, the 13th, the Freddy's, you know, the, some of the slasher greats of the 80s, but yeah, it kind of always... It was the slasher that paved the way of the 90s. Yeah, and it, it kind of made fun of kind of the current genres in horror movies and whatnot without being an actual parody like the uh, scary movie franchise. I've not seen the latest one yet. I've not had a chance to go see it. But from what I hear, it's good. Everyone, I've not heard any kind of negative uh, reviews of it yet. So hopefully I'll get a chance to go see that while it's still in theaters. But I'm, I'm down for a you know, a continuation of the Scream uh, franchise. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, Ghostface is, I mean, almost as iconic as, you know, really any of our big, uh, you know. Um, that's the great thing about the character Ghostface. It can literally be anybody. You know, it's not like a Jason who's Jason all the time. It's like, you don't have to come up with ridiculous ways to like, oh, he survived this and came back. And I was like, nah, some other dude. He uh, was inspired by He went Scream. to Party City, got him a mask, yeah, decided like, to carry the lineage. It's a great mixing of horror with also like mystery, because you never know who Ghostface is until the, the final reveal. What the twist? <laughs> it was actual Ghostface. <laughs> um, I guess while we're talking about slashers, 
Netflix is, you know, currently working on, you know, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. and Which comes out soon. Like, yeah, I think the I think 18th, maybe? February 18th is the uh, release date. Yeah, this um, is one that went totally under the radar. I mean, I did not hear about any of this until I saw a trailer pop up on, on YouTube one day. I was like, oh shit, there's a new Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, and this is going to be a little bit different. I mean, this... Like... I, I don't know, you know, everybody always wants to talk about, oh, well, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre no, wasn't in 2003. Sorry, folks, it was 1974. <laughs> um, yeah. But, you know, that was not a a sequel, you know, and it looks like this is trying to go the Halloween Kills route and says, we're going to 1974 and nothing else has happened, you know, since then, but we're going to fast forward 50 years. Yeah, this is like, they're kind of doing like that same kind of Halloween of the newer Halloween things where it's like all the previous sequels and reboots don't exist. We're doing a direct sequel to the original movie, which at the same time, I'm like, why the trailer looks good though? (laughs) I mean, the trailer looks good. You know, I, I don't know. You know, we've, we've lost a lot of the original cast, so we're not going to have, you know, it's supposed to pick up, you know, oh, Sally was the lone survivor, and... But, yeah, she passed away a few years ago, 2014, I think, so there's a new actress, but it's the original character, or they're saying it's the original character, so it's not like we got with the Halloween where we got legitimately the original cast back, but it's, yeah, it's the story of the original. I'm just kind of wondering, like, why why wait 50 years, you know? Leatherface, you know, doesn't really... It's not like he's changed locations or anything, you know? Uh, but uh, From the trailer, it looks like he's been in hiding and basically living in a ghost town. And uh, some millennials, looks like, uh, try to come in and redevelop his town. And, and uh, it goes badly. I love how it kind of pokes fun at modern, like, cancel woke culture. Because at one point, like, he... Leatherface goes onto a party bus and there's a bunch of, and immediately everyone pulls out their cell phones. They're like, try something, bro. And you're going to get canceled. And he's like, huh, y'all are canceled. <laughs> this immediately starts like fucking people up. <laughs> and that's, that's kind of the other thing too, is, you know, I, I, I get it, you know, uh, you know, with the reboots and things, you know, we amplified the sex, we amplified the blood, the gore, and everything else, but, you know, if you're trying to follow suit of 1974, like, what was left unshown or unsaid, like, you know, people like, oh, the original Texas Chainsaw, it's so bloody, but it's not, you know, it was left to your imagination because things cut away before all of the gore and everything. Oh, like, yeah. A lot of the gore was mostly set dressing and shit. Yes. You, didn't, like, you saw like, you know, chairs made out of bodies and, and gruesome shit like that. But yeah, you didn't get a whole lot of like the actual like blood killing. splatter and, you know, everything of that nature. You know, of course, once things started getting rebooted, yeah, you know, that was the direction that, you know, those directors... And I kind of want to see, since this is set in modern times, there's always that, kind of said, there's that problem with uh, making a slasher horror movie in the modern era when cell phones are, like, everywhere, where you can just, like, call for help and whatnot. But then it looks like they kind of put it in this isolated ghost town, middle of nowhere location, so I'm like, 
but do those exist anymore? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, we don't have any cell signal out here. Now we're all going to die. It's like they, it's like pretty much nowadays, just like, you got to like, you got to like write something in. Like there's no cell coverage in this small town. You know, it's like they have to justify why there's no, you know, cell coverage and video or not. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You know, I, I'll just have to, you know, see, cause that's the other thing too, is, you know, Leatherface, yeah, you know, he he did brutalize and, you know, kill, but it was the family dynamic that, you know... Yeah, it wasn't just You him. know, it was, he was bred and nurtured to, you protect the family at all cost, the you know? family. <laughs> so I'm, I'm wondering, like... Yeah, because in the trailer, we didn't see a whole lot of, like, the... Leatherface family and the and Leatherface is in his. If this is fifty years later, he's got to be in his seventies. Like how how imp, how imposing is a seventy year old man with a chainsaw going to be? <laughs> I don't know, dude. Just ask uh you know Doc Brown from Nobody, you know, <laughs> yeah, with, his... <laughs> with his damn shotgun. All right, true enough. <laughs> it's like you brought a lot of chainsaws. Well, you brought a bunch of dumbass teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I I'll just have to you know see how it it plays out. You know, <laughs> I I I have hopes because that is a franchise very near and dear to me. But um, yeah, it's like it's it's like I said, not being something that's been widely advertised. I'm like that. I'm like oh, it's it's kind of a surprise. So I'm I'm, I'm just wondering how it's going to be. I guess we'll we'll find out soon enough. Soon enough. Uh, moving right along. Let's talk about dinosaurs. Specifically Jurassic World. You know, because we get... We know that Dominion is upon the horizon. But now they're talking about... Oh, this may not be the, you know... The end. The end. And, I mean, that is one franchise that has continued to go and but i find myself like i watched the 1993 jurassic park and i'm like this movie is so great and then you know we fast forward and uh, you know i enjoyed the chris pratt you know sort of you know i like the first one more than the second one but it the second one was still worth watching i mean i i, I mean it's cool yeah we get to see recently. motherfucking dinosaurs like okay that's cool like, I always appreciate seeing dinosaurs, but at the same time, it's like, uh, we keep going in all these weird directions and everything else, and it's like, you know. There's, I, no, there's no park anymore. <laughs> We're in the world. Well, see, that was the thing. It's like, at the end of, what was it, Jurassic Park 2 or 3, you know, where the T-Rex escapes the ship and, you know, is going through Los Angeles, and it's like, hmm... Yeah. I think it was the yeah, that was I think it was the second one. Yeah. And then, you know, it's like I'm sorry, at this point, your fucking dinosaurs would not be contained to this island. They can <laughs> fucking fly, okay? Like <laughs> You know, if they breach the fences it, it's not like, oh, we've got a force field over the island that keeps them contained. No, those bitches would be like, Hey, there's Costa Rica a hundred miles that way. I hey, can what's cover the, that uh, distance and basically what's the uh the uh, how far can a pterodactyl fly? 
Probably pretty fucking far. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, and the way that last movie ended with like just dinosaurs out in the world. You'll see what kind of fuckery that causes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I... It's still motherfucking dinosaurs. So I'm excited for that. But at the same time, it's like, how how do we keep retelling the failed park idea? <laughs> like, Do we get full, like, you know, that subplot from the first Chris Pratt movie where they were trying to weaponize dinosaurs, and then they... We didn't really get a whole lot of that in the second. Like, do we get the full weaponized dinosaurs in this movie, or, or is there's like war dinos now? I, because I've literally read nothing about this new movie, and I, we've not gotten a trailer yet. I don't think. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, that's should be coming out this year at some point. I don't remember the exact date, but yeah, it's the last two were good enough to to watch. I said the first one was better than the second one, but it still wasn't, uh, wasn't bad. So I, I, this is one I'll definitely go see. And it's kind of like going to see Godzilla. You can, Jurassic park kind of needs to be seen on a big screen. There's a lot of shit I'll stream, but Jurassic park, it just needs the surround sound and the screen. That's the size of a dinosaur. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing is, you know, um, it's so larger than life that yeah <laughs> they need to be bigger than me it yeah. takes a tv bigger than me to truly appreciate <laughs> you know the the scope of jurassic park um i guess moving right along here goosebumps we talked about you know the rl stein scary stories to tell in the dark and that's well People listen to the podcast. We now figured out we are going to be getting a live-action Goosebumps series. <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering how that... I never did see those Goosebumps movies with Jack Well, Black, I mean, I, re so. I remember, like, you know, the animated Goosebumps that we used to get, you know, back when Saturday morning cartoons were a thing and stuff. And, I mean, the thing about Goosebumps is, you know, it was designed more for... I, I would say youth, yeah, you know, like and the R.L. Stein's, Stein's was more like more teen, teenager, yeah, and Goosebumps more more kid stuff. So we'll see how uh, how that plays out on the old Disney Plus. But yeah, I, I'd be curious to see. You know, um, this will be Sony Pictures, and I guess Sony's trying to buy everything. They just fucking bought Bungie <laughs> and. Uh, I forgot the other game studio, I guess, after yeah, Microsoft, Microsoft bought Blizzard and acquire <laughs> Blizzard and Activision and everything. And it's like, oh, yeah, Microsoft, we're Sony. We can drop billions of dollars, too. <laughs> and we got a lot of that leftover Spider-Man money. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, in closing, we did get our full trailer for Picard Season 2. Haven't seen Season 1 yet, like I stated previously. It looks interesting. I just yeah, there's not once enough again, paramount I, that I I don't can justify adding that to the collection. But if it, I don't know if I can buy that on video, I, I I would like to actually see that. But yeah, it's like the only thing I know of on Paramount is is uh you know the Picard and Discovery, and I'm like that's eh, not enough for me to <laughs> jump on that. Scream! Oh, scream for the scream. <laughs> Maybe that stuff will come out on video, and I can <laughs> I can watch it then. Uh, but yeah, it's like I'm not buying another streaming service yet. But yeah, that Picard. Uh, but you will. 
Picard series looks looks cool. And we I mean, said it, the same thing about HBO Max, and I haven't canceled mine. Have you canceled yours? <laughs> no, nope. not yet. Every time I'm like, yeah, I'm done watching, and then there's something like Peacemaker comes out. I'm like, God damn it, I'm not gonna keep this for another two months. <laughs> and then something else will come out, and I'm like, fuck, all right, I guess I'll keep keep paying for that because I want to see this new thing. <laughs> uh. Any other news, tidbits, anything you want to share? Uh, I will be at uh, Atlanta Steampunk Expo this weekend, so if anyone wants to get their steampunk on, uh, you know we're back to having cons and shit again, so come on down and, and hang out with, uh, with me and do some steampunk shit. Uh, you can check us out on CigarNerdPodcast.com. We're on the ESO Network at ESONetwork.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at CigarNerdPod. Get your energy drinks at strikeforceenergy.com, promo code cigar nerds, get your shirts at realmensmokecigars.com, and I'm nobody. And this has been a recording of the Cigar Nerd Podcast. We're your hosts, Smokin' Joe and Brad Jackson. Join us next time for more adventures in nerddom. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.